Welcome to the Whitetail Obsession Podcast with Dave Richmond and co-host Chris Worthing, where we talk and teach everything deer and turkey hunting related. Follow along as we help teach you tips and techniques about hunting, food plots, and habitat management strategies that everyone can use. Well, here we are, guys. Welcome to the new year, and it's a brand new podcast that we're starting, and everybody knows Chris. Chris, what's up? What's up, everybody? Chris, um, you live in Pennsylvania. I do. And how long have how long have we know each other now? Like five years? Oh, at Six. least five years. Yeah, we okay. met at uh, Harrisburg. Yep, yeah. the Great American Outdoor Show. Mm-hmm. Um, we've hunted together. We've hung out, did food plots, and all this everything basically really? over the course over the course of those years. And um, we've had some crazy things happen and and everything <laughs> over with trespassing and different oh. things like that. But um, I'm excited to get this podcast going. I asked you to, to join in on this because you have experience in your area on public and private. Yes. You, you plant food plots. And uh, so we kind of both have the experience of, you know, some land management stuff, some food plots and public land hunting and private land hunting. Yes. So the whole goal is to... I want to provide some value to the listeners. Obviously, that's the goal of this of this podcast. And um, for everybody listening, this podcast will be on vi- available on YouTube. You can watch it, you know, live or you know the video version on YouTube, and then it'll be available on Apple, you know, the iTunes, the Spotify, iHeartRadio, all the podcast platforms. This will be available for everybody to listen to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna aim to uh, we're gonna t- do different topics and things. We're gonna mm-hmm. educate. Yeah. Uh, at some point, we might even who knows we might even pull some people in and interview them, and you know, it's gonna be exciting. I think I think there's gonna be people. It'll reach some people that may not have, you know, seen us before, or you know, hey, pff, get the name out there. Absolutely, yeah, and I've already thought about you know we're gonna i've already talked to mike and stuff from domain and we're gonna get them guys on here um in you know future episodes and this will be once a week every week um uploaded on on sundays for you guys to listen to and um on both channels too yeah both channels uh chris will be the video version will be on his youtube channel and my youtube channel and then the audio will be available on all the um, podcast platforms yeah that's big that's big spotify is a big thing Oh yeah, yeah, I definitely. Mean, Apple's. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of experience with Apple, but Spotify's a big thing. Yeah, everybody's got a phone, and you can just yeah. pop some earbuds in or something, and people can go about their day and listen to it. Right, right. All right. So today's topic and podcast, I want to talk about our season so far. It's a new year. We're in 2023, and I want to talk about our experiences this year that we've had so far, and maybe some downfalls that we had and some takeaways that we maybe some other people can learn from okay so where exactly in pennsylvania you don't have to say exactly but where are you at in pennsylvania i'm in jefferson county pennsylvania i'm near a uh, tourist town around the cook forest area okay and that's all it's all mountains there right or you got some flat ground um there's a lot of mountainous area um there is there is some ag here, but all the mm-hmm. old farmers, they've all died off and 
right. nobody's really taken over. There's there's a lot of uh, vacant farm area around. Okay. Now, how how is your season? How did you prepare for this coming, or I should say, last bow season? From from spring summer to leading into opening day archery season, because your archery season starts in October. Yes, yeah. Um, I guess if you go back to the beginning of the year, why uh, I did I did some frost seeding stuff, okay. getting getting my food plots ready, and I amended everything I needed to do there, and put some things in as far as my plots go. That's how I started the season. Mm -hmm. And then, oh, around June time, I believe it was, I had uh, had someone approach me with some scent. And they wanted me to kind of showcase their scent company, which we could talk some downfalls. <laughs> but uh, anyhow, I went out and I, I started mock scrapes right around June time. And got that all rolling. Mm -hmm. And uh, there was some pros and cons to that we could talk about. Uh, but as as I progressed into June and July, I started to uh, really focus on getting prepped for fall at that point. And that's when I did some weed control and things that I needed to do. And then I started mm -hmm. planting the fall plots, uh, end of August, beginning of September. Now you, you plant the same seed, right? You, you use domain seed. I use domain exclusively. Okay. You and I both, uh, are partnered up with that company. Um, so we believe in it. They hide nothing. They use, you know, everything's on the label. They have clear packaging and, mm -hmm. uh, not not only you and I, but there's this company's taken off strong. Yeah, they're leaps, in a lot of retail stores now. Leaps and bounds, mm -hmm. you know. And I was looking through the internet the other day, and they're they're in they're in uh, what's that magazine? Sportsman's Guide. Sportsman's Guide. They're, yeah. they're in Sportsman's Guide yep. magazines. Uh, Tractor Supply now. Rural mm -hmm. Kings, Home and Fleets. Yep. Just, online obviously on their oh, own. they're everywhere right now yeah. this this company's exploding and and i'm sure you are as i am proud to be with them oh yeah for sure they're mike and they're good people for sure yeah, yeah they treat us well you know so so what um what was your strategy come opening day of bow season okay were you, were, were you hunting public or private i went public because my strategy every year, I am not necessarily a trophy hunter. Mm -hmm. um, I have a family of four, so I try the first week to put a few dough in the freezer. Mm -hmm. So my strategy was the first week that I actually hunted some of my own property, and I usually take a doe every year first day on my property well that didn't pan out for me mm -hmm. <laughs> it didn't go as planned so the the first week though i did end up uh with two dough on the ground and okay, put yep. them in the freezer mm -hmm. and then it was buck time yep. I, I always i always try to get the dough out of the way 
and I purposely saved one tag for rifle for doe because mm-hmm. I enjoy going out with the rifle and getting a doe. I really oh, yeah. do. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I mean, I try to get everything in archery normally, but this year's weather was not bad. Yeah, it wasn't. We could have got really nailed with bad weather like we had in the past, but the, the weather patterns were just real mild. And I thought, man, it would be nice to be out there with a rifle. So I did save that one doe tag. But yeah, I, I packed the two doe in first and then concentrated on the buck. Um, and th- that's going to be a whole nother video. We're mm-hmm. going to talk about the impact of the acorns yep. on this year's hunt. Yeah. We can now, do that. Um, what would you say for, since, since you've had, you know, a lot of luck, that buck, I think you killed back there. That was public land, right? Yeah. This, this, I gotta, <laughs> yeah. gotta this buck was public land right? and I, so, and I killed his, I killed his sire. Relative. Yeah. yeah. His relative, uh, two years later. Yeah. And that's a video also, but yep. you can go in and look at that. But I killed one, the almost two, almost identical to that one right there. Yep. That if was had, public. Yep. If you had to give somebody a tip for public land to, to get to those bucks like that, especially in PA, oh, I, what would you give them? What kind of tip? Okay, here's my tip. Yep. If I, you are going to hunt public land. I see a light bulb. Oh man, it's coming. Uh, you, there's probably steam rolling out of here. Yep. If you're going to hunt public land, you need to be willing to do extra and go further and beyond. Yep. I shoot or you know, I shoot these bigger bucks on public land. I never see anybody where I go. Mm-hmm. I go to the gnarliest, nastiest, furthest away portion of the property that I'm hunting and get away from everybody. That would be the best tip I could give you. Um, besides having a good backdrop. Um, because these bucks like that don't get that big without being very smart and trained. Right. So... I'm not saying I'm outsmarting them. I'm just in the right place at the right time, and you have to be in the right area. Well, you also right you also know they're there. So I do because I run trail yeah. cameras. I I should have said that earlier too. I yeah. ran my trail cameras right. all year. And I always say you can't you can't shoot what's not there. So correct. If people are hunting the same place over and over and they're not having success or not seeing bigger deer, well, you got to yeah. go someplace else. And one of the things I did this year is I, I, as I said before, I incorporated those mock scrapes this year Mm -hmm. and my experience of putting them out this year. I mean, let's talk, you were saying about the pros and cons. Let's, let's talk a little bit about that. Open that can of worms, the scrapes, the, the mock scrapes, when I opened them up the first week, they were on fire. Right. I mean, I, I had deer walking right through them, but it's curiosity. Yeah. And this was in July and August, right? Uh, June and July. June and July. June and July, believe it or not. They were, so you, they were already hitting them. So you not put doing, these, yeah. yeah you put, not working, not working dirt, not right. playing with the limbs, just coming in and investigating, looking around, sniffing the dirt, sniffing the, the licking branch, you know, yep. just checking it out. Yeah. So you, you did that. You put these scrapes out. So you knew bigger bucks 
are are in this area. Yes. You knew that. I knew that. Yeah. So, I knew that because of the trail right. camera intel. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, so you, that's another thing. For advice, I would get as many trail cameras as you can afford. Mm-hmm. And I can't run the cellular ones. I know everybody's thinking, oh, it must be nice. He's got all these cameras. And I, Dave, you know where I'm at. And I've showed you the hillsides that I hunted. Yep. I do not have cellular service there. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, I live in that armpit of the world. I don't get the so, the service, so I can't well, even run those cellulars. I've so, stayed I've stayed at your camp many times, and um, <laughs> it's very very limited on service. Frustrating, wasn't it? I mean, we dropped you, you could drop a phone call in my mm-hmm. at my place, you right. know. So, yeah. I run trail cameras all year also. Now I'm, I, I sometimes pull them out February and March when nothing's yeah. really happening and the batteries right. are just going to die from the cold anyhow. Right. You know, and if they've shed their antlers, there's nothing to look at, you know? Mm-hmm. So I start running them, you know, March, April, and then right. mock scrapes, June, July. Right. And anyhow, what I was getting to was those, those mock scrapes. I started them early. They, they started hitting them and curiosity and then they went dry i mean Mm -hmm. for a month and a half probably i I wasn't getting pictures at all you know just an occasional deer would walk through the camera you know every now and again i caught a bear right walking walking through and that has nothing to do with a scrape they were just walking through you know right so yeah those those are my advices that's great go deep go deep go steep go thick yeah Cross get, a creek, you get know, away whatever from other you got to do to get away. Yep. Get away, run some cameras, you know, put the odds in your favor, maybe some scrapes or something, you know, yeah. try and it. You're, you're tagged out. I got tagged out. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's great. Yep. So it works out sometimes, you know. Yeah, definitely. Doesn't always work, but, you know. Yeah. What was your prep like this year? I know you hunted some different places. Uh, you went, yeah. what, Eastern Shore, Maryland. Yeah, so I got this year, I really, or 2022, I really focused on public land. Um, I spent a lot of time kind of hunting or scouting where I, where I used to hunt when I was a kid. And I drove over to, you know, over the bridge, over to Eastern Shore and scouted a bunch of properties. And um, I, I really wanted to get back into, to, uh, you know, public land hunting. So I spent basically June, July, and August scouting some public land and the place that I hunted at there used to be really good bucks there when I was younger and it kind of kind of drifted off a little bit over the years but I wanted to give another shot and I got back in there and man I hunted opening day of archery season back in this it was an area that had a a swamp kind of and it was backed by some thick cover and there were some oaks dropping some acorns and I got in there nice and early open the day because our season here starts um, September 8th each year. I'm jealous. Right. <laughs> so you have roughly 15 days or so in order to shoot or for a chance to shoot a velvet buck. So I got back in there opening day and um, man, I was in there about till about 730 and I saw a buck. I heard a buck behind me or heard a deer behind me. I turned around and I saw it was a velvet buck, but it was kind of behind a tree and then went into this swamp, into these cattails. And I couldn't get a good look at it to see how big it was. 
so I didn't, I never saw it leave this swamp. I didn't know if it was bedded down, if it left or what. So I just waited it out. I stayed still. And sure enough, like two hours later, it come walking. I heard it get up. It came walking out of this swamp and man, I shot it with my bow, my first velvet buck ever. Yeah. Um, pretty neat. Yeah. Only ran, ran like 60, 70 yards. Yeah, got it. Get, it was, we don't get that opportunity here in PA for the velvet bucks. Right. Yeah. So, um, that was pretty cool. It was really unique. Um, I'll post a picture of it on YouTube here so you, people watching YouTube can see it. But uh, it was a really good buck. Um, it was. It was a good buck. Leading back into the springtime, I actually got a new hunting property this year. And I put a little bit of time into there. Me and Zach, we planted some uh, food plots, the main in there. We, got, uh, we used overhaul because we were actually able to, you know, essentially rent or lease a piece of the uh ag areas from the farmer so we could plant these food plots and we did some soil samples in there and they were they were okay so we we tuned that up and then we planted overhaul got the soil you know going and we used that to kind of just build it up leading into the fall and uh we did some you know very minimal work there and um once we planted our fall food plots, you know, I stayed out of there and we gave it a good shot early season and we seen deer, but we just didn't see, you know, anything decent worth shooting. And we had a lot of bucks in there in the summertime. Well, you and had some issues with neighbors too, right? We did. Again, we did have some issues. It seems to be a trend on, uh, on my end. Might but, have affected uh, some of your deer flow. Yeah, it, it, it took up, it wasted a couple of weeks of my time because I had to, you know, I was with the police and we were making phone calls back and forth to the neighbors trying to figure out like what the heck like was right. going on in this area. So we got that under control. And then, um, Zach really gave it, you know, a, a, a lot of hunt time in there. And he actually was able to shoot a buck in archery. And, um, that was during the rut. Yeah. And then basically early season, I came, well, I was supposed to be there as well. And I came down, um, with the C word, I, I, I'm not going <laughs> to say it, we, we might get banned or something, but, um, I came down with that. So that knocked me down. For about five, yeah. So <laughs> that knocked me down for about five days. And then, uh, Hey, we were talking about rifle hunting and joined rifle hunting. And I, yeah. I got out there opening day of rifle and I sat, I sat on this opening, looking down and looking down this ridge and, we had this trail that we kind of made out in front of us and man, it was that woods lit up all morning. I seen probably 10 different 10 deer, um, like three or four different bucks. And we had one specific buck that me and Zach were trying to shoot. Yeah. And, and it was a buck. We just kind of named 210, but, um, he came walking by, couldn't ask for a better situation, but he came walking yeah. right out in front of me, 20 yards, shot him with the 243 and he ran, about 50, 60 yards and, and got That's him. crazy because he, he was a nice deer and there was some neighboring property there and it wasn't like he was driven to you or anything. He was just out cruising. Yeah, we we made these habitat features, you know, with this travel corridor and stuff. Yeah. We had the food. We weren't we weren't pressuring it. He was in the area. Right. So basically it was just a matter of time before he used you know, our features that we made 
to I, give us an opportunity. I had a similar instance with the buck that I shot, not mm -hmm. quite the same, but speaking of features in the spring, well, it started last fall and through the spring we had a neighbor down here below my house started timbering out some property mm -hmm. and they made a real mess of course but i just looked at from a positive sense that uh, they supplied my local deer herd with all kind of food all Absolutely. the tops and stuff you know all that browse the deer were just they were just flocking in there and eating mm -hmm. and uh not only that, but it created bedding. Yes. So with me having property right butted up against there, it acted almost like a corridor mm -hmm. for the deer to come out of their bedding. And they would come into my kill plot and stop for a bite and then continue on up to the destination plot yep. that I have there. And mm -hmm. The, the deer were just one by one following through, you know, and actually the night before I shot the backyard bully buck, as I called him, because he had forced all the other bucks out of the area fighting with him and trying to compete for the does. Mm -hmm. I, I almost shot him the night before, but it was just a little bit too dark to pick up on camera. So that was really, really hard not to fling an arrow at him because he was he was in my mock scrape at 23 yards and I could see him. I could see him through the peep. I even had a little light aperture on my pins. Yep. I had it on and I was full draw and I let down and, and I talked myself out of it. And I thought, mm -hmm. am I going to regret this? Well, the very next night he came through and I had my mindset. If he came, he wasn't one of the big bucks like this guy, mm -hmm. you know, but he was a respectable buck for my area. And, uh, I, that was the next to the last week of, of archery. And that last week of archery, I knew we was having some nasty weather coming in and I yep. probably wasn't going to be able to hunt. Yeah. So I just made my mind up. If this dude came in this 10 point that I, that was bullying all my local herd, I figured I was going to shoot him. And, you know, half hour before dark, he showed up walked right underneath me and i let him walk past me he was headed for the mock scrape again and uh i let him get i let him get out there about 17 18 yards and i give it to him now where you're hunting at you're talking about your house here you have, yeah that yeah you have some the, private land yeah that portion was my yep, property yes. that you live directly on plus you have a little bit of extra private land that you can hunt on not far from there yes and basically essentially you're hunting like park deer these deer it's all a bunch of camps and camps high yep. pressure situation. very suburban like yeah high pressure situation yep which has nothing to do with the name city sticker but <laughs> but urban assassination is what i call it nope. <laughs> you know i adapted because like i said as we can use that yeah. as a topic later the yeah. acorn crop problem we had this year mm -hmm. as a nation i think because of last year's freeze right uh the acorn crop was horrible where we're at and i had to adapt and all the deer were ending up in people's fields mm -hmm. and their yards and 
food plots and things. I was going out into the big woods where I shot this bear and that buck. I was getting blanked, literally blanked. I was going out for days and not even seeing a deer. And on my drive home, they're in everybody's yard eating. Right. And I thought, man, this is ridiculous. You know, I was seeing big bucks in people's yards eating mm -hmm. grass. And I thought, I've got to do something different. I have to adapt to this. Yeah. And being that I lived from in the city all those years, uh, I hunted the same type of suburban deer, you know? Yeah. Well, in so your I, in your area where you're hunting, where you're talking about, it's a lot of big wood settings. Yeah. Um, closed canopy. There's not much. I mean, there is food there, but having an acorn crop is definitely extra food you know, beneficial in that yeah. type of situation. Cause like yeah, you said, I, you're not really in an ag area. No, I am not because all the farmers have died and moved on, you know, right. and we've got one guy that's pretty much sucks up all the extra land and he yep. no-tills everything. Mm -hmm. So, uh, my destination plots there, uh, on that detached property that you were talking about near my home mm -hmm. that I hunt, uh, and plant all those, plots in uh they were flocking in there deep mm -hmm. stacking up but for some reason um they liked the, the the seclusion of coming around the houses and the camps or used to it you know yeah they're just so used to that area and they they bed in a lot of these woods and things you know i have a guy below me that has 50 acres a guy beside me has 15 and the lady that did the, uh, the timbering down here next to me, I don't know exactly how much she owns. I think it's around 30. Mm -hmm. So altogether I've got, you know, 90 acres or something of woods below me that I'm allowed to cross over and hunt. I have permission to do that, but I don't need to. Mm -hmm. I parked my rear end down here on my own property and I have a kill plot planted and all those deer would filter up through there every night, hit the kill plot and then go on out to the destination plots, you know, kind of like, it's kind of like a buffer zone built in, you know? Right. Exactly. I would stop them for a bite to eat, look them over. If I didn't want to shoot them, they just went on up, mm -hmm. you know, but bully buck didn't make it. I'm sorry to say. Yeah. Have you, uh, have you had any, any deer meat yet from them? Yeah. 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 We've had some. I've been yeah. tearing up some deer meat lately. Oh yeah. I've been Not even cool. digging into last year's bear. I had a little bit left over mm -hmm. and, uh, I got a young bear and that, that's been really tasty too. Yeah. We've been, we've been hitting it. Yeah. Well, I got, uh, and next week here, my, all my consulting stuff is starting. So I'm going to be all over the place. And then sometime the end of January, early February, I'm going to actually do some work on my, my property. And I got some, I want some more cuttings to do and we'll get into all that once we get closer to that. And, uh, I got some work, you know, I'm going to do on those properties and, uh, all my consulting's going on. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. What do you, what do you have going on? Anything right. outdoors? Uh, outdoors wise. I th if we get some more mild weather like we've been having, you know, we get, we get a storm and it gets mild. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm going to wait till after Flintlock's over Yep. because that'll last till the end of January here in PA. Mm -hmm. So 
I'm probably just going to hit the Harrisburg show, hit some shows and stuff, you know, come February and then wait till March. I'll probably start hitting it and uh, start frost seeding there towards the end of March. Scouting, frost seeding and kind of gearing up. Yep. Get all my trail cameras out, cleaned up, getting them ready to roll. Uh, I don't know. I probably won't put the mock scrapes out so early this year Mm -hmm. just because... I wasn't too turned on with the, with, uh, what all I was getting, you know, right. Spending all that time checking cameras and putting scent out and stuff and nothing was really happening. Right. You know, but once the end of September hit, oh my gosh. Yeah. It it just broke loose and I was going nuts. I was checking cameras every couple of days. Yeah. Tabs, keeping tabs on all the deer, you know, making sure who, who was coming out where and, you know. Yep. Well, those mock scrapes are, like I said, they're, they're a great inventory and it at least, it'll at least show you what's in the area. So you have some, a, a mental note of it. Like, Hey, there is, you know, decent deer here that I have a possible chance at. At least, you know, they're there. Yes. Yep. Got to run enough cameras to know. Yeah, definitely. You got to find them. If you can, if you can set up on something, you know, they're going to come through every couple days or so. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't like to hunt stands a couple nights in a row per se, but you know, if I can get the right wind and things, why I try to try to bounce around mm-hmm. on my public land there and right. You know, because where I hunt at, it's basically basically about a hundred acre patch there. Mm-hmm. And I try to put three stands in. Yeah. And so I had three cameras on that property. And some of those deer cross over to other cameras, you know, and it, it's possible in a hundred acres. But uh, yeah, like you said, I know they're there. Mm-hmm. My chances are good. So I set up. But like I said, come October when the acorns weren't there, I had to change tactics. I had to bail on those mountain deer and come to the yeah. suburban night deer. Right. You know? Well, that's that's what that's, it's about. You gotta that's part adapt. of you gotta you gotta adapt. You have yeah. to figure out what's working. Yeah. You know, figure out where they're at, whether it's a food source changing, weather condition, whatever it is, you gotta adapt to it. As far as I know, none of the big ones got killed. So next year they're just gonna be bigger waiting on me. Well, gotta find them. Hopefully acorns are there waiting on me too. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. Well, my property that I hunt, that I, my new property, again, has zero oaks. Oh, man. So, but the, but it's in a, it's in an ag area. There's so much yeah, food. It's crazy. You've got that going for you, yeah. I mean, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of acres of corn and thousands of acres of corn. And well, I'm, I'm going to be honest uh, with the crazy prices of things right now uh i'm not getting any younger you're old I'm, i know good thing i shaved or i'd be all gray i'd look like right. santa gray going on <laughs> but yeah I, i'm transitioning a lot of stuff over into perennial clovers mm-hmm. so i am going to be doing a lot of frost seeding in the spring yeah right and i'm going to let the clover do the work for me, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm going to reduce tillage. 
not that I'm a no-till guy, but I'm going to reduce tillage. I'm not, I'm not going to plow this all up every year and mm -hmm. replant it in something different because that's what I'd been doing to showcase different seeds and different varieties of seeds and things for, for domain. I'd, I'd pick a different seed every year and plant different patches and then show you the results. And I, I'm not going to be able to keep up with that, you know, going forward. So I'm just going to use that particular plantings and like my kill areas you know you're, just like you're, just, you're old washed up yeah well we'll see about that but yeah i'm gonna right in front of my stand that's where i'm gonna plant the goods right and then i'm gonna have you know clovers and alfalfas and chicories and things like that um off to the sides mm -hmm. so that there's still plenty of food but uh, I don't think I have a shortage of food in my area, particularly because of the 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 field that I plant at. The people, if anybody follows the channel, they would know that I did that series pasture to plot, and you've helped me on that in the past. Mm -hmm. Yes, we've turned a horse pasture into into my destination plots. Well, there's 20 acres there of field. Right. Well, I only plant two acres of it, so there's 18 acres of just. There's all kinds Grasses of grasses and forbs yeah, and clovers, clovers and, and stuff in there, you know, and I mow portions of it. So the clover just bounces, right? you know, and I leave some of it stand. It grows wild and it makes bedding and cover. Mm -hmm. Believe it or not, some of these deer lay in the middle of that field all day long. And then a half hour before dark, they stand up and walk right at me. And come into the plot in front yep. of me. They know where the food is. Yeah. So, I mean, they don't have to go far. There's nothing. The field's all fenced in. Mm -hmm. You know, it's an old farm field. And uh, they know they can just lay there and feed when they want. Yeah. And it's attracted turkeys back to my area. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm real, real turned on about that. And so are a lot of the neighbors. <laughs> I bet. You should They're like, good... dude, you're planting all this stuff and we got turkeys. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you can thank me later. Yeah. <laughs> it, their turkeys are the same as deer. They go where the food is. <laughs> yeah. So we're excited about that. Yeah. So, um, so we're going to wrap this up. Um, this is the first episode guys. Thank you for listening and be sure to check us out on both channels, YouTube channels, and this will be available on every podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRate, everything you can think of. I appreciate appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll uh, be back here next next week for another episode. Yeah. You got anything else? Man, we'll see you next week, fellas. We'll, uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I should say. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll try to keep it real, no BS, and uh, yeah. then we'll update even... stuff each week. Hey, different different subjects each week. You could even have people email in and uh, yeah, a topic they might want to hear. Yeah, you can guys leave a comment. Anything you want us to talk yep. about? And that would uh, be interesting. Yep, we'll kind of keep it as the season goes on what we're doing and yep. you know and all that stuff. So track us again next week for another episode of the Whitetail Obsession Podcast.